0: Welcome back to the Let's Be Friends podcast for a special holiday episode all about Santa. There are many tales behind Santa, but the tallest may be the big fat lie. That Santa flies around the world on Christmas Eve delivering presents to a billion children, blasting down a chimney and flying through the air on a sleigh being pulled by reindeer. Santa is the big lie that fractures our minds at the most pivotal time, our youth. In this episode, I'm going to discuss the history of Santa Claus and how he is connected to the real Saint Nick. I will discuss how Santa became a normal part of our festive holiday culture, a perfectly placed distraction from what should be celebrated this day, the birth of Jesus Christ. I'm also going to discuss popular Christmas traditions like putting up a tree or kissing under the mistletoe and dive into the is-everything-pagan kind of mindset and say what I think now. I am also going to talk about some of the conspiracies surrounding December 25th, like is this Nimrod's birthday and is Santa really just Satan? I'm calling this episode The Big Fat Santa Lie because Santa really is just one big fat lie, and that's probably... What I want to give my personal opinion the most on in this, because I'm going to be sharing a lot of factual stuff, historical stuff about Santa and where the concept came from, how it was popularized in culture. Talking about Saint Nick, as I mentioned, and some you know other things like where did all of these traditions come from? Who's Krampus? And we're going to end by talking about the twelve days of Christmas and the meaning behind that when you look at the Bible and biblical um, information. But, my opinion with Santa is that he's creepy, and this should really infuriate all of us that we were lied to when we were kids about Santa Claus. Like you come into this world and you trust. I trusted. I wanted to trust the adults, like we were told we were taught since forever to listen to them, and that our teachers were right somebody who had a doctor or a doctor in their name was smarter you know a professional and these you know just adults had had wisdom and you know these adults were lying to us like everybody's lying to everybody about santa well not everybody eventually you learn the truth. And but I always kind of had a feeling inside that something wasn't right about the whole Santa Claus story. But I wanted to believe the Santa Claus story because you, a if Santa you believe a it, a dog. You, it's a man, you get gifts. And if you're good, you can control the gifts you get, right? And if Santa's real and he's actually like doing this thing where he's flying around the world and delivering presents to all the good kids, like you had control over getting stuff and we live in this grossly materialistic world where everybody is desiring things, even as kids. Like, I remember going into a candy store, like a gas station, and wanting to spend a quarter on a candy bar. And, you know, that was a big deal if you could do that. But Santa Claus, when you think of it, and it's like the same with the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. Like, this, these are lies that our parents are orchestrating on us. And why would they do that? Tradition? that's this hasn't been the tradition for that long the way that kids see santa claus and don't even talk about the actual saint nick that this is based off of a person and when you know about mind programming and you know that one of the most important aspects to mind programming is fracturing the mind um lies like fracturing your reality that's one way to do it and By placing this big lie, this big fat lie into your kid's psyche that this man flies around the world delivering gifts to billions of kids, he lives in the North Pole, and if you look into the North Pole, I don't even think there's solid land there. I don't even know if there's solid ice on the North Pole. He has these little elves that live with him that help him build toys (laughs) and... This is the whole and he's just like this fat guy, and he wears this red suit and red and white are like Satan's colors, and Santa is like the same letters as satan, and he he's watching everybody all the time we've We've heard the song, the creepy song he's making a list, he's checking it twice he's gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, he knows if you've been good or bad, so be good for goodness' sake. Okay, what it Santa is this representation of Santa in a weird way, you know? And he's watching us all the time. He's got a naughty or nice list. That's kind of making me think that when you're of this world and you don't have biblical knowledge, you think you get to heaven because you're a good person. Like you think that good people can get to heaven when if you're a follower of Christ and you're Bible believing, you actually understand that John 10:9, Jesus is the door. Like that's the way You get to the Father and you'll get to heaven and by believing in him, your faith through grace, you're saved and you go to the new earth technically, right? We could call that heaven, but that's what they mean. Um, And then we've got Santa, which could be uh, the mixed up letters of Satan, who is making everybody believe in being good or bad or naughty and nice, right? Um, It's dualistic stuff as well, but. He's watching all the time. He knows when you're awake. Goodness sake, yeah, that's creepy, right? Um, only God is watching us all the time. So there's a lot of inversions on Santa right away from God, this good or bad thing. He's watching you all the time. Uh, no, only God is. God watches us while we sleep. That was a question I always had when I was a kid. How do, When we go to sleep, what happens? Well, God watches us. But by making kids believe that this fictitional Santa Claus is flying through the sky... Uh, has reindeers that can fly, one of them them's Rudolph with a red nose, and they hit up every house in the world for the good boys and girls, the bad ones are on a naughty list, and they get cold and they get in trouble, or Krampus comes and visits them, even worse, we're going to get to Krampus later. But this is a straight-up lie. And not only that, you're kind of forced to lie about it at school and lie about it around other people. And you're all kind of, you know what I mean? I feel like kids, as kids, we're all kind of like, yeah, yeah, that Santa thing, uh-huh. It was almost embarrassing to believe in Santa because something about it never felt right. But if you can get people to believe something that's not true when they're kids, something like Santa, imagine what you can get them to believe later in life. It just takes one big lie, right, to fracture to get somebody kind of off the path and also the, all this focus is on these presents on Christmas from Santa Claus what, what like there's no talk about Jesus in that or that really that it's Jesus's birthday like and I'm talking from the opinion of somebody who for 38 years didn't believe in Jesus every Christmas was literally about the christmas tree and presents i think i kind of knew about the jesus stuff but i didn't care cuz i didn't care about Jesus and it all like the whole manger thing actually kind of made me uncomfortable when I would see those things set up. And it's so crazy to say all this now because now I I follow Jesus. He's my shepherd. I know his voice. And I am loving learning about the, ab- the characters of the Advent of Christmas. The last four weeks in church have gone over the shepherds, King Herod, Mary, and Joseph. And I'm learning all about Jesus's birth in a deeper way that I never knew before. Like something interesting, I want to share before we go back to Santa, Satan, Claus, Claus Schwab. You think that's a coincidence? I don't. But the three wise men who were sent by Herod to go find out, because the star was in the sky, right? So they like came to Jerusalem to Herod, and um they knew that this prophecy of Jesus to be born the Messiah, Emmanuel, He has come. They went. To, they were talking to Herod and. Herod sent them out, you know, to go intercept because he said he'd bow down to Jesus. Yeah, right. Herod wanted to kill him. He was a threat to him. Can't have a new king born when King Herod is alive, right? So the wise men find Jesus and they believe, you know, they're like, wow, like they're changed. I think they're reborn and filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, they leave, but they don't, they go home, but they can't go back the same way. They go a different way because when you're reborn like you your life changes. And that's true because when I look at myself now, Christmas is Jesus's birthday. And I'm I'm at a place where hey, I don't care if I know the actual date of Jesus's birthday. If God really wanted us to know, he would have written it in there. But he didn't. But this is when the majority of the world celebrates the birth of Jesus. Last year I was skeptical about things. I'm going to talk about that when we discuss is Christmas pagan a little bit later in the episode. But Now I see this is, you know, this is Jesus's birthday. Um, That's where the focus should be for the world, not on Santa Claus, but Santa Claus is like a smokescreen over the true meaning of this holiday that we are actually, we should be celebrating. And it's a big lie that you're telling kids. And I think it's tied to mind programming and fracturing the mind because it breaks everybody's heart. Once you learn that Santa's fake, you get your proof. It breaks your heart. Like before I learned that Santa was fake, I actually was trying to catch him on the roof. And I tried actually later too, now that I'm remembering, like I wanted it to be true, but I was probably six years old. My brother, my older brother, who's nine years old, older than me, his friend was visit was hanging out. And I remember he like caught me in the stairwell going to the basement. And I don't know why, but he was like, did you know Santa's fake? And I just knew it deep within it. And I remember just kind of nodding and being like, yeah, like I thought so. I'm not surprised. And <laughs> then, though, like the next house we lived in, I remember getting up in the middle of the night and just really trying to hear for sounds and proof of Santa. Like, was that reindeer on the roof or their bells jingling? Like, I, you want it to be real, but it's not. And eventually everyone discovers that. And when you look back and you realize that everybody lied to you so that you could believe this creepy fat man... Came down your chimney, didn't get burnt. Somehow he fits down that chimney, comes down, eats cookies and milk. And with all the milk ties to Satanism and the milk carton kids, um, makes you wonder why he's drinking milk. And he's wearing red and white. And what is that about? Where do those colors come from? Is it because red is the color of Satan? Santa? Satan? Or is it from the amanita muscaria, known as the Christmas mushroom, a natural psychedelic that had a bright red cap and white spots? And is this why people think they saw Santa flying through the sky with his reindeers because they were actually tripping? We are going to talk about all of this and even more in this episode, The Big Fat Santa Lie. Let's first talk about where Santa Claus and this story really came from. And I believe it's from the legend of St. Nicholas, the real Santa Claus. Hey, friends, it's Kara. Duh, right? Duh, it's Kara. I was just talking and it's uh, my podcast. So, hey, it's me. I just want to thank you so much for following along the podcast this year and last year. If you're an OG Let's Be Friends listener. Uh, The podcast has evolved into something I never thought it would. I started this podcast in 2021 in May because I didn't have anybody to talk to about my awakening that I was experiencing, which was coming off pharmaceuticals, waking up to the COVID agenda and 9-11 and all the other agendas and everything and uh, just... Waking up all of a sudden, not having anyone to talk to. So, I was looking for friends and I found you all on here, and it's been an amazing journey. And I'm so grateful to have this platform and that anybody's even listening. And I wanted to thank you for being my friend and following me on this journey and just kind of give some updates. First, if you're enjoying the big fat Santa lie, the promo that I just played go ahead and head on over to the Let's Be Friends podcast website and you can sign up for the friendship membership and you'll get access to the whole episode. I don't do advertisements on this podcast. I'm not sponsored by anybody. So instead, I have the friendship membership. It is $8 a month and you get probably three to four bonus episodes every month that are new but also when you sign up you get the catalog of the whole last year of me having the membership all of those episodes it's like 50 episodes you get the symbolism syndrome radio dispatch which is when i go into depth on the different posts that i make on the symbolism syndrome instagram page those are more breaking down occult symbolism pop culture The Twilight language, which is like all the occult um, sigils and synchronicities uh, woven into things. Basically just calling out the occult and cult and culture. You also get Let's Hang Out, which are candid little chats, um, kind of off the cuff, unedited from me. And we do monthly Zoom hangouts with the Friendship Membership. Sometimes they're Saturday morning coffee. This week it's going to be a holiday party. Signing up for the friendship membership helps keep the podcast running and keeps it ad free. Thank you to everybody who's part of that. If you want to sign up, go to let's be friendspodcast.com. The link is in the episode notes. I also want to talk a little bit about my memoir. My memoir Here Comes Trouble is going to be published to the public this February. If you want to get it early, you can pre-order it on my website com. The link is also in the episode notes and you will get the book in January earlier than the public release. It's also going to be an autographed copy. It's limited edition. Honestly, I think there's only like 20 left for sale and I will be personalizing them by writing a message in the beginning of these and they will have a unique cover as well. So those pre-orders are very special, but more exciting is that the memoir is actually coming out and it will be available to the public in February. I will also be recording an audio version of the book as well, which will be coming out shortly after that. But Here Comes Trouble, coming, I guess, in 2024. I had no idea when I started writing it almost two decades ago that it would be coming out that far in the future. But we really don't know what kind of plans God has in store for us. I never thought I'd have a podcast, honestly. I never really thought I would be on social media. I didn't think anybody really cared what I had to say. And maybe you don't. But if you're listening now, I'm guessing you do. And I love you. And I thank you for being my friend. Thank you for following me along on this podcast journey. I'm looking forward to finishing up this series that I'm doing with contributor Nicholas Hinton. We are talking about the fake apocalypse and the false gospel of churchianity. Right now, we are midway through that. This is talking about. Basically, what all the conspiracies are about, what the Great Awakening is for. We discuss the concept of how we believe we actually live in a simulation inside a simulation or a hyperreality, a simulacrum. We discuss a lot of different concepts that explain what the, quote, matrix is and how this is tied into a deeper agenda to basically... Turn the world into a kind of giant AI that may just be the Antichrist. And we discussed The Way Out, which, spoiler alert, Jesus, and how Nick and I both discovered that over the last couple of years, which really brought us together in both our friendship and then the concepts that we're talking about in this series, the fake apocalypse and the false gospel of churchianity, which are based off of a bunch of threads that Nick just posted on his Twitter probably a month ago and that was the first time he really shared in the last 3 years so it's a lot of research that's why it's a multiple part episode it's just huge concepts to like to go into so it couldn't be done in one so if you are following along and enjoying that more to come if you want even more let's be friends sign up for the friendship membership that would be a great christmas gift for me thank you Um, I will keep putting out free episodes on the main platform But you do get bonus episodes And they're more like kind of like the juicy episodes Like the super ritual Like about the Super Bowl Or I'm going to be doing one called About controlled opposition on Doja Cat That's coming soon for members I just dropped one called Is it real? All about what's happening in Israel and wars Alright, I've said enough Merry Christmas to you And to all a good night I love you all Thank you for being my friends. And to all you ride or dies, thank you for being part of the friendship membership. All right, bye. Like for real, bye. Okay. See ya. Adios. Hasta la vista, baby. Okay, I'll stop. I want to talk about one last thing before we end this episode, our holiday celebration. And that's the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me a partridge in a pear tree. I came across a really cool breakdown of it that shows it in a way that ties it to God. So here we go. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. I guess I'm going to sing this. The partridge in a pear tree represents Jesus, the Son of God, whose birthday we celebrate on the first day of Christmas. Christ is symbolically presented as a mother partridge, the only bird that will die to protect its young. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves these twin birds represent the old and new testaments so in this gift the singer finds the complete story of the Christian faith and God's plan for the world the doves are the biblical roadmap map that is available to everyone that is super cool, right? the two birds are the old and new testament on the third day of Christmas my true love gave to me Three front These birds represent faith, hope, and love. The gift herkens back to 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter written by the Apostle Paul. Love is indispensable. If I speak in tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. That is a beautiful um, passage from the Bible where we hear Paul talking about love. Is what the third day of Christmas represents. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds. And the four calling birds are the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five gold rings. The gift of rings represents the first five books of the Old Testament, which is known as the Torah. I wonder if Lord of the Rings has something to do with that. Anyways, that's how my, my mind works. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six geese a-laying. Uh, this can be traced back to the first story in the Bible. Each egg is a day in creation, so six days, a time when the world was hatched or formed by God. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven swans a swimming. It would take someone quite familiar with the Bible to identify this gift. Hidden in the code are seven gifts of the Holy Spirit prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, and compassion. As swans are one of the most beautiful and graceful creatures on earth, they would be the perfect symbol for spiritual gifts. On the first On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight maids (laughs) a-milking. Sorry about the singing. Should I stop? As Christ came to save even the lowest of the low, this gift represents the ones who would receive his word and accept his grace. Being a milkmaid was about the worst job one could have in England during that time that the song was written. This code conveyed that Jesus cared as much about servants as he did the royal blood. The eight who were blessed include the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and the thirst for righteousness, the merciful and the pure in heart, the peacemakers and those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine ladies dancing. These nine dancers were really the gifts known as the fruit of the spirit. The fruits are love joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. On the 10th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 10 lords leaping. It's like I've morphed into a man's voice for the end of the song. Lords were judges and in charge of the lot this time. This code for the 10 commandments was fairly straightforward. So 10 lords leaping, I guess, is the 10 commandments. On the 11th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 11 pipers piping. This is almost a trick question, as most think of the disciples in terms of a dozen. But when Judas betrayed Jesus and committed suicide, there were only 11 men who carried out the gospel message. So the 11 pipers piping. And on the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 12 drummers drumming. (laughs) 12 drummers drumming the drummers are the 12 points of doctrine in the apostles creed i believe in god the father almighty creator of the heaven and earth i believe in jesus christ his only son our lord he was conceived by the power of the holy spirit and born of the virgin mary he suffered under pointus pilate was crucified died and buried He descended into hell, on the third day rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. So that is what the 12 days of Christmas is really about. Merry Christmas to you. God bless you. And I hope that this year is full of many blessings, much hope, and the powerful refinement of God. I love you. Have a great night. To all. A good Christmas night. Tree, have a happy